nice things. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another fun-packed, thrill-filled edition of Nice Things. Nice Things. The antidote to modern living. And joining me, Sir Michael Livesley, this week we have... My name is Paul Carmichael, and Alexa, play Nice Things podcast. Playing Nice Things from Apple Podcasts. Resuming Nice Things 54. Far from the Madhead crowd. (laughs) Alexa, stop. There's been some uh, talk on Twitter that apparently I shouldn't own such a lovely thing. I don't think you should. It looks like something that um, James Aitchison would have designed in uh, 1976. Absolutely, doesn't it? It's yes. absolutely wonderful. You love it, don't you? I genuinely do. Because, um, well, uh, for this reason, Alexa, good night. Sleep well. Good night, sexy. I see. There you go. Well, I, mean, I see. Could, the robo-sex how... has started. I did predict this. Well, now it's been predicted for a long time, hasn't it? And, uh, <coughs> you know, I don't think you I can fight... you. Well, with me, it's been predicted for a very long time. I don't That's think you true. can fight these things. I think that maybe sometimes we've got to embrace them just a little bit. Yes. They'll put hands on it next, or you'll get some and make some. Just so I'll make some. Get some off a little Mr. Potato Head or something. Yeah, you'd enjoy that, wouldn't you? Yes, I would. Yes, you're sitting yes. there thinking about that with a big smile <laughs> on your face. Thinking about that right now, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, spot of modernity, but only a little touch, you know. Just the merest hint. Yeah, a hint. It's not replaced anything. I mean, obviously... Well, aside uh, from the wanking, Reg. Apart from that, yeah. Yeah. uh, It doesn't exactly make music sound good or anything, but it's handy if one suddenly in the morning first things wants to listen to Justin Haywood singing It Won't Be Easy, and you can't be asked getting the seven-inch single out. Well, I'm sure you can be asked getting the seven-inch out when you get hands on it. I mean, to be honest with you, technology is our friend today. We almost lost the last thrilling dish of nice things, didn't we? We did. We did. So, Yes, if you've managed to watch last week's, then uh, good, well done, because it was very close. It was very close. It was only you pointing out that we were one in the can that made Mm. me realise that yesterday, I don't know why, but I went Mm. about deleting everything off my hard drive and I'd lost it. Which is just not a mad me. No, it's not. So did you just have a mad flurry of just getting I don't rid? Know what went on? I I literally can't remember recording last week's at all. I, I don't know. I'm 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 a bit concerned to be quite honest with you. You know, I can remember looking out of my pram when I was 18 months old. I can I can still see the sort of it wasn't velour. What was it? That like vinyly pretend leathery shit. Whatever oh, that's yes. called. Yeah, yeah. I can still see the. You know, the front room through that when I was 18 months old. but And I'm the leatherette. man who never... never yeah. Leatherette. That's it. Mm. Thank you. Um, I never delete anything. You know, I've got, like, cassettes from when we were 15, me and my mate in the shed, recording yeah. it. I'm known for it. This mm. is most perturbing. So, last week, do you not recall the drilling? Drilling? The- Man out, man outside your window. Wasn't there someone drilling? Or was that the week before? I don't I, know. You say you're the same as me. I don't know, dear. This is it. Yeah, no. So it's just general teacher brain, isn't it? It is. It is as we try and cope with everything before even the kids have descended. Yes, so. yes. Well, work is fun and games. Isn't um, just. You know, um, but I'm sure the boys and girls don't want to listen to that. No, absolutely not. Um, so this week, mm. um, something caught my attention, uh, and that was one Emily Makeless. 
who you'll know from uh, new, uh, formerly of Newsnight, of course. Right. Okay. I've seen that she's been trending. I've not. Fo- I've not clicked on it. Okay. Um, because it's, that's. It's uh, yeah. Go interesting. On. Go um, on then. Tell me. All right, so she headed up to Edinburgh, International uh, TV Festival is right. obviously on at the same time as The Fringe. Yes. And she made a speech. Now then, bear in mind, Maitlis is no longer at the BBC. She's now at okay. LBC. I think she's doing a show with John Sopel, who's also left the BBC. Right. And so she did this, uh, gave this speech. And it was a very interesting one because she had a bit of a go at the corporation. Good. And I don't disagree. All right, so what was the thrust of what she said? Well, the thrust of what she was saying is that these days there is such a drive for impartiality that it goes above and beyond sort of like what any sort of sense. So say, for example, if you've got a perfectly normal um, opinion and you need an expert on it. So say, for example, oh no, I have no perfectly normal opinions. Well, let's go with a, with an outlandish one. Let's say, for example, you've got a news uh, thing and you need somebody to come on and speak on behalf of the fact that it's better if you don't kill children. Now, what she could then do is look up from a list of hundreds of people, probably who work with kids, and we get any one of them on to say, no, this is a bad thing. But because right. of impartiality, she's then got to go and try and find someone who will speak on the opposing side. And you might only have one person in the whole country Myra Hindley or someone, who will say, oh no, it's perfectly fine. But then you've got to have them both on. And of course, that's unfair because to the viewer, it looks as though there must be some sort of 50-50 split. But she said that that's the difficulty. You get somebody on who will back up something which is obvious, true and logical, but then you've got to somehow find someone who will give the opposing point just because of the old impartiality issue. Is that what it's said, like? Do you wa- have you watched BBC News in the Oh, it is it is very yeah. much like that. Yeah, you will get that that constant need to say, "Oh no, we have checked with people from both sides of the argument." And sometimes there aren't two sides to an argument. Sometimes there's the correct side and there's mental illness. Just occasionally. You, yours like and that. other people's. So, mm, all right, let's mm. uh, two points there. Right. Mm. First of all, uh, Myra Hindley's dead, so it'd have to be that Maxine woman, wouldn't it? Do you remember the Maxine Peake, thing? the actress. No, that um, that crazy story with that caretaker. Didn't he kill oh, two? Yeah. Yeah. Is Rose West still alive? She's probably got more All right, celebrity. We'll get, Ro- we'll get Rose West on. We'll get Rose in. Speak right, to her okay, agent. we'll get in touch with her agent. Okay, okay so uh, Rose West's on. Um, and my second point mm. um, is what I see all the time, which I find really interesting, is that people on the right say that the BBC is biased to the left, and people on the left say the, the contrary. So that's quite a neat trick. It, it that's, is. That's isn't quite it? a neat that, trick. That's managing to enrage everyone, which I, I kind of applaud. But on the other hand, yeah, if like you're publicly that. funded, you don't want to piss absolutely everyone off because then they won't give you any money. So that's where I think that's where she's saying the difficulty has come from is the fact that you've got to have these opposing viewpoints. Whatever it's on, whatever the subject, what whoever the expert is, <coughs> you then have to provide somebody who will argue the task from the other side. And like she said, you could get 200 people, you could just choose one of them, and then you've got one person you can choose who will give you a nonsensical opinion, but you've got to hire them. But then it just make, gives you the impression that that there is actually more of a balance than there is. So it's it's a difficult one. That's gone far too far in the other direction. Now, well, you've got... Now you've got people on the telly who've got access, like we all have, to social media. Mm. And they do use that um, to other personal opinions, don't they? 
Now, mm. Gary Lineker's the prime example of this, right? He goes on there, bangs his soapbox about climate change. Then you've got 5,000 replies with people posting a photo of him filling up his Bentley or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, you've yeah. got all of that sort of business. Now, they were trying to stamp down on that, weren't they? They were trying to say, that's breaking your contract at the BBC. Yes, uh, Because we must remain impartial. Um, his his mateless been known for erring her personal views on Twitter? Oh, well, it's more than that. Um, she erred her personal views uh, about Dominic Cummings and jo- uh, Boris Johnson in a bit right. of a bit of a monologue at the top of a muse night, uh, maybe the best part of a year ago now. But I think because of that, <clears throat> well, that's probably why she left. Because well, she how was... can you then, uh, t- you know, to play devil's advocate, here, mm-hmm. how can you then pass yourself off as impartial when you've got? And and by the way, this isn't just the BBC. This is all of them. No, right. absolutely. Now, we're, in America, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but no, in no. America, you have a situation whereby you kind of, you know what you're getting, don't you? So CNN's kind of like the voice of the left. Fox is the voice of the right. Um, there's probably others. I don't know. Yeah. But but they're the real ones. And they were the um, impartiality on their sleeve, don't they? Yes, they do. I, I think that's right. I, I'm sure they wouldn't agree with me, but I think that's about mm. my perception of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over here... Everything's got this sort of wishy-washy presentation, which is kind of, uh, we are impartial, but we're not. I mean, there mm. is that. So so with Mateless, there's a prime example. Um, with Lineker, there's another example. And I think that the presenters certainly don't present themselves as impartial to me. I'm trying well, to think of an example okay. from the right. I can't think of an example. Is there anyone who is... For example, right wing in in television news. I mean, I would have to say that I think that you couldn't say that, for example, that GB News is left wing. No, no, no. But GB News is very definitely aimed towards people right of centre, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, Um, it is. Whereas, all right, sorry, sorry to just polarise this further, but LBC is like the voice of the left, isn't it? Well, but then you've got got Nick Ferrari, you've got Farage, you've got those sort of people. They've kind of. Farage isn't on there. Has he gone? He oh, he's, a, he's on GB 10 News years ago. So, all right, well, look, the way that the radio certainly presents itself is LBC, James O'Brien, yada, 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 left, uh, mm. talk radio, um, Julia Hartley Brewer, uh, Mike Graham, uh, right. Yeah. Yes. Um, within TV, mm. um, every, the, the perception of Sky News, for example, is quite lefty, isn't it? Right. Whereas, as you say, GB News is quite right. Yes. So, in the middle there, you've got the BBC. I so is that, is that wrong, then, if we've actually got the national broadcaster that's just sitting on the fence? I know that people won't I like don't that. Know. I don't know. We, do we've that? entered a real new world, haven't we? And, we and like I say, we've got the social media side of things where you've got these presenters of programming, which is allegedly impartial, who are mm-hmm. erring their own... I mean, the, the best example I can give, was it Jon Snow at Glastonbury singing Ooh, Jeremy Corbyn or something like that? Uh, yes. Or, or fuck... Yeah. Dave Cameron, something. So one of the one of the two, yeah. <clears throat> it's not possible. It's not possible to be in. Impa- I mean, I, I'm no fan of his, but I think the man who really did it well was Andrew Neil. Right. Yeah. He, he seemed would attack to, everyone. He seemed to attack everyone. <laughs> well, his new show on Channel Four is actually pretty good. I've got to say, that's, right. That's okay. a decent watch. But with just to go back to Maitlis, I think the key thing there is that she was found to have breached. 
the BBC's own impartiality guidelines. And that's the point here, is that I know that people have a go at the BBC, but I don't think there's anyone better at kicking the BBC up the arse than the BBC themselves. Oh, they always do. They are the worst. They mm. are the worst. I mean, or, or dare best. I say... Uh, well, best. Dare I but, say I mean, that a lot of the dismantling of TVC um, mm -hmm. was on the back of the Savile thing. It was almost like demolishing, uh, was it Cromwell Street? Going back to the West. Oh, back to the West, <laughs> yes. 25 Cromwell Street. And they demolished yes. it, didn't they? And, and it seemed to me that there was sort of a public appetite. It was kind of, what? who was it? Was it Alistair Campbell or is that just apocryphal who said never let a good crisis go to waste? Um, I don't know if that was him. It sounds like that could have been lots of people. Um, Mark Twain, yeah. probably. Mark it's usually, Twain. Uh, it's usually Mark Twain in the end. Yeah, like I say, it's it's apocryphal. But mm. I I thought at the time that that applied to the sort of woof, we're losing TVC, woof, we're losing, it. and the BBC, <clears throat> the dismantling. Mm. You kind of had public opinion on its side because of the you know the horrors of Savile and um, all the other ones, didn't you really? Yeah, to an extent, but you still had an awful lot of people who were saying that, therefore, the BBC as a collective was responsible for this. Really? the people who And the BBC there, no? were the worst. They put the boot in harder than anyone. Oh, I mean, they could have just had one inquiry, an external inquiry. They decided that they had to have two internal inquiries as well. I mean, it's like, I've no issue with holding yourself to account. I think that's an important thing, but I think... Beating yourself with thorns in public is possibly going a little far. Yeah, but being of the mindset I am, I see sort of more darker forces at play. Oh, there. okay. Because, you know, TVC's nice real estate. And let's be honest, the business model ever since Thatcher has been um, dismantle and um, asset strip. And there's a lot of nice assets there that have already been sold off with many more to come. Well, oh, absolutely. But then you've got this, this whole problem now, haven't you, with the industry in its, uh, as a whole, which is where are the studios to use? London has got a massive shortage of studios. Um, there, there aren't very many around the country anymore because all the little regional studios. So if you think about when Southern was there and taken over by TVS mm -hmm. and all that, gone. That's gone. Keith Street at Granada, gone. All yeah. of these studios just no longer standing. Um, well, doesn't that speak to the opinion these days that so long as you've got a nice camera, you can make telly anywhere? It does, but it also means that what you get now are lots of people who don't shit work telly. in telly. Well, you get shit telly, but you also get people who, are, who don't necessarily work in telly, but real estate. Let's turn this hangar into a studio. And so you, all oh, right, we'll use that one. We'll rent that out I mean, at a massive rate rather than use our own facilities. Well, this so, goes back to episode one of Nice Things. Yes. It goes right back to that. Television is an art form with an identity crisis. Yeah, because so, it's not, as I would have said then, it isn't cinema, but it thinks it is. It thinks it's cinema. It's done away with the three camera setup with studio sets. And for mm. me, that's the vocabulary of television. That's it how it is. should be presented. And we've mm. lost that. And these are all symptoms of that decline, aren't they? No, they absolutely are. You've lost that lovely. It's almost a choreography when you see it working well. I was just to come to the first Doctor Who reference of the week. Um, I was watching the Aztecs, lovely bit of William Hartnell, and I think the first two episodes are shot in Lime Grove, so it feels like it's been shot in somebody's shed. Yeah. But then they then they went to TV Centre for the first time, and suddenly you become aware of the cameras are moving and the actors are moving. There's a symbiosis. It's like ballet between camera and performer, and yeah, we've we've lost that. And it's it's such a shame because what we've lost there is the ability to make things quickly. Five days, rehearse, record, done. 
Now everything yeah. has got to be single camera, a couple of months to make an episode. It's That's why we don't have any drama. No. So, you had a system that worked and it's been dismantled. It's gone. Mm. It's gone. It so um, what was the bit you agreed with on Mateless? Her point. <laughs> I agree with her. The fact that they've now got this ridiculous system in which there, there might only be one person in the whole of the United Kingdom who'll be prepared to say, "Yeah, I think so." So we'll get him on. Easy. But we can, o- but yes, but we can only have one of the three hundred other people who actually say the opposite. It just, it's, it's not balance at all. Yeah. Well, That's what I would say. I agree completely. Well, agree with that. The the prime examples are Brexit and Trump, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So, for example, with Brexit. I don't know about the news. I couldn't say anything about the news. Don't watch the news. Don't watch the programme I'm about to mention. Mm. Uh, never seen it. So, Mock the Week. One of the things that, that was uh, castigated. It's a nice word, isn't it? It's nice. And yeah. like, it's sort of like maracas and shit. Yeah. Um, it speaks to Spanish holidays in the 70s. Yeah. Um, they were castigated for, apparently, Mock the Week, the entire sort of shtick ended up being boiled down to anti-Brexit, anti-Trump jokes. Uh, you yes. watch Mock the Week, don't you? Good God, no. Oh. Well, well, no. So neither of us can talk about that then. Well, no, I've seen clips because it's always on Dave. Um, right. Or, or UKG2, as I still think of it. But it's always on there. So I'm, I'm kind of familiar with it. But yeah, it did go like that. But your job as a satirical <laughs> news programme, recorded a couple of days before transmission, is surely to talk about current events. And if it's those fine. are the predominant events, you are going to talk about those. It's fine, but what you, what you get with these real polarised things like that Mm. is because let's be honest it's a gift if you're a comedian especially a topical comedian it's a gift to you you know you can just walk on and say hey brexit's shit and everyone pisses the pants Mm -hmm. um but it does make them lazy and there's a second string to that which is because because the industry and entertainers have to hold certain opinions there's a blind spot when it comes to satire. For example, do you remember that fantastic um, Saturday Night Live thing that the guy who shot someone recently, Baldwin? Yes. Alec, Alec Baldwin did Trump every week. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. And, all right, this kind of defeating my point, it's easy. And, but it was quite inventive and it was it was quite funny. you know. Yeah. And by the way, his impersonation of Trump wasn't great. Have you seen... Um, um, who's the guy who played Ray Charles in the film? Uh, oh, you won't da- have seen Danny it. Lee Miller. No, no, he played. Um, it'll come to me. His Trump impersonation is unbelievable. Ah. He did a podcast this week, and it sort of pops up on Twitter. It's absolutely fantastic. Mm. Um, it'll come to me. The actor's name, anyway. But where's the same stuff going after Biden? I mean, Biden is a gift for satirists, isn't he? Because, you know, he does all his... He's clearly in the early stages of dementia, which you're not allowed to speak about. Because it's almost like... So there is this kind of imbalance within entertainment because you've got to hold certain opinions. Your politics have to be a certain way. So Mm. you're not allowed to satirise things that are ripe and obvious for satirisation, such as Joe Biden. You know, I mean, that guy is a gift. He is. Do you remember how Not the Nine O'Clock News was Hmm. great? Because in the titles, you'd have Thatcher, Michael Foote, Cyril Smith. And and they were all in there. And it was like, right, you've set your stall out within 30 seconds. There are no sacred cows. Mm -hmm. And it's like, fantastic. That's exactly what I want. Because if people aren't aren't capable 
of critical thinking, they're not even able to criticise their own beliefs. No, that's very true. That is true. Um, I suppose that the argument there would be probably something along the lines of that the majority of people who work in the arts are more likely to be left-leaning than right. Of course they are. Of course they are. So what I suppose you would be hoping for is people who can put aside their own personal feelings and write satirical stuff. And that's not an easy thing to do. But then again, like you say, not the nine o'clock news did. That was the week that was. Yes. Now that did. I I couldn't tell you the politics of anybody on that show. From Ned Sheeran upwards, everybody was a target. Yeah, fantastic. And that's exactly what you want because, you know, there is no, let's be honest, especially now, there is no left and right. There's only them and us. Mm. You know, yeah. and when we speak about them, we mean obviously our political class, mm. who seem to have it in for us. They do know. somewhat at the moment, yeah. <clears throat> and I don't have any. You know, I'm sort of traditionally, I would have described myself as a lefty. You know, mm. that's that's my tribe, if you like. I was born into it. I was born. Yeah. I lived through the miners' strike in '84, '85, and all that stuff. And we all lived through those Thatcher years, mm. and so naturally we gravitated toward that. But nowadays, it's just like, well, who is acting in the best interests of the people who elect them? None. None of them. No. None of no. them. No. None of them. So it's all ripe for satire because we are living in, a, what is it they call it, a post-truth world. Yeah, which basically means that you could say literally anything that you wanted, I suppose. Um, obviously, just being aware of libel. Do you remember... Um, the MP called Rupert Allenson. No. He he was an interesting one because... Um, I, now, I might get some of the details wrong. It's a long time ago. But I think... Lawyers are ready. Yeah, here we go. But <laughs> the basic details are right. He sued either Have I Got News For You or Private Eye. And the reason that he sued them is because they referred to him as a contemptible little shit. He then t- he then takes them to court, and the judge found him so obnoxious that he found in not in <laughs> Allenson's favour. So from that point, it has been completely legal to refer to him as a contemptible little shit. What gets me public- is <laughs> how, as a lawyer, could you prove he wasn't? Oh, that's a difficult bit, isn't it? Because I think, but what's lovely is he went to court, and the judge, whatever he did in court, made the judge go, "No, you are, you are." <laughs> I love that. Love it. And um, always, I'm, they'll take your money, won't they? Oh, they'll always take your cash. Um, and so <clears throat> we need more of that sort of that spirit, I think, when it comes but to that satire. But that is our culture. That's Hogarth. That's, exactly. That is That's our Gin Alley. That is absolutely yeah, yeah. what we're talking but about. But we don't um, have that now. And if you think about, you know, uh, um, Beer Lane and... Uh, it was Gin Street, wasn't Gin, it? The, Gin Lane. Gin Lane and Beer Street then, yeah. whichever it is. They were political. Oh, they yeah. were political cartoons because, you know, beer was fine. We'd always drank beer. But mm. gin was a new product. And um, I think there was all kinds of things with tax and thi- You know, so it was quite political. You know, we see it oh, now. Oh, absolutely. I often, mem- I often mention Mimolet, the cheese that the mm. French produced, the French version of Edam. And that was an act of war. You mm. know, in, in the Franco-Dutch war, the French produced, we will produce our own Edam, <laughs> you know. And that's why you see like an Edam with a yellowy orange rind on it when you're mm. over in France, you know. So all these things are political. They are oh, all they absolutely political. are. But that's an example what... of two sides of the argument, bin, uh, beer and gin. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think what we need now is we do need people who have got the balls to actually just say what they want. Peter Cook, 
One of my uh, favourite things about Peter Cook was whenever he was about to be sued, which nine times out of ten was by Robert Maxwell, <laughs> Cook would Cook would sit in court with his checkbook fanning himself in front of Maxwell <laughs> to wind him up. That's Excellent. what we need. We need more of that sort we of do. thing. We do. We need equal opportunities offenders in satire. I think so. Uh, I but think unfortunately, so. they don't. They don't. They've just got the sort of archetypes that they stick to. And it's very easy, isn't it? Let's be mm. honest. It's very easy to send up someone like Nigel Farage or Trump or uh, Boris. Boris is a gift. Um, oh, absolutely. But so is Biden. But Biden is, you know, he avoided. Is Keir Starmer sent up? I don't know. I don't, I've not got my finger on the pulse like you well, did. Well, I mean, the, the trouble with, <coughs> with Starmer is he's so boring. There's nothing really, and he's a bit nasal. Okay, he's well, very boring. Much. He's a very boring man. Yeah. Um, so what do you satirise? Because we've already said, we, you could satirise the boredom, but Spitting Image did that brilliantly with John Major. Do we want to do that again? There didn't must he be do something some, else. Didn't he break rules and go for beers or something during lockdown? Well, I mean, no, not I under mean, the I mean, everyone did. Uh, uh, yes, but not under the rules as they were at the time. So, no, I mean in politics. In no, yeah, journalism, but, everyone did break the rules, didn't they? What oh, was ev- it? What's everyone her name? Kay did. Burley? Kay Burley blocked me on Twitter. Um, Kay Burley... Not, what, not happened that I'm there? what happened there? I just reminded her, kindly, of I the thought, hand around the neck? No, no, of the time in 2001, because she was getting very excited on something on Sky News. And so I just sent her a tweet that said something like, whoa, calm down a bit, Kate. Do you remember, and then in quotation marks, the whole of the eastern seaboard of the USA is on fire? which is what she said about 9-11, which was a little over the top, as it turned out. A tiny bit. I merely reminded her of that and would block. Well, yes, you see. I mean, it's any little thing with these people. It is. But they are not partisan. That's my point. That breed of satirists, that breed of entertainer, that breed... I mean, I'll I'll give you a great example. Ken Dodd, right? Yeah. Now, Ken Dodd never spoke politics or football. Two things he avoided. Firstly, he'd have lost half his audience over politics. And then secondly, he'd have lost half his audience in Liverpool if he pinned his colours to the mast. Mm -hmm. Now, I did a show with Ken in 2016 down Mm -hmm. in Bristol at, I think it was the Old Vic. It was. Mm -hmm. So, um, it was like that. I really, really wanted a pint with him after. You Mm -hmm. know, it was great to be there and and to be working with him. But, man, I want to have a beer with... With Ken yes. Dodd, I mean, you want that's bucket list, isn't it? Oh, it so anyway, is. we went back to this bar somewhere. We went to the bar in the hotel where he was staying, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was 80-odd then. Ken yeah. doesn't, you know, it's cool. I was like that. Yes, yes, yes. Jumped in the car, followed him there. Um, sat there having a beer. Da-da-da-da-da. And uh, literally, we sat down at the table. Ken Dodd looked at me and he said, this David Cameron, what do you make of him? He's a cunt, isn't he? <laughs> it's just like, right in in three seconds i now know you know the that ken has opinions right? oh and it was just like and then within the course of the conversation we were talking about klopp because he just started at liverpool so it's like right you're an lfc supporter as well so all the all the sort of things that ken never revealed oh. well he didn't know me really and he mm-hmm. told me his politics and his football within 10 minutes 
I'm delighted to hear that. I always had a, a strange feeling. You might have been a hidden Thatcherite in the middle of Naughty Ash. No, but, uh, this is it, you see. not. This is it. This is what people don't know about him. And he was very careful. And he did send up all of them. Mm. He did that. Now, that's what I like. That is yes. what I like. I like an independent chap or chapess yes. to, um, to trust. And I think that what we're talking about in the main is the BBC are going over the top to be trusted because they've shown they're not worthy of being trusted. And it's the whole media class. I think the whole media class have burned their credentials when it comes to trust because they've been found wanting in that regard. They have reported on fake news. They have done all kinds of stuff. They've presented one-sided arguments. And if you talk about Sky or uh GB News or Talk or LBC, they're 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 still gonna present one-sided arguments because, like I say, percep perception for me is that mm. those guys are on the left, those guys are on the right. But before, unless you've been like you know, unless you've got no knowledge, before you oh. listen to LBC, in the, for the most part, you know what you're gonna get. Mm. If you if you're someone who sort of holds certain opinions, you know you're gonna tune in and. Have those opinions confirmed by the people. And if it's talk radio, you've got opinions that you want to have confirmed. So people are able to live in their own bubbles, aren't they? It's not news, though, is it? No, it's editorial. Yeah, it's absolutely not news. Because at no. the end of the day, the news is about me tuning in to go, good, the BBC agree with me about Ukraine. Good, let's say they agree with me about food prices. It's not about that. No, I want to be about... informed. No, you don't. No, you don't. Do. You want reassuring. You've just said you want your opinions to be echoed and mirrored no. and reflected. No, 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 no. I'm saying that that's what we get. I don't personally want that because a lot of my opinions are total that. horseshit. What I, I would prefer is to have be given the information, to know that the information is accurate. But you know, you're not, if you, if you're you watch not. an old ITN News at 5.45 with Leonard Parkin, Leonard. you know that Leonard is just going to sit there and go, here's the facts, good night. That's what I would like well, from yes, you. Yes, I know. And and speaking personally, I've had many of my opinions changed by listening to someone who disagrees with me. But we, mm. we are in odd times whereby you're not allowed to ch challenge the orthodoxy on any opinion, you know. No. And so we've got no dialogue because we, we are having um, opinion and the discussion driven by people who are incapable or unwilling to engage in critical thought, which mm. requires self-analysis and reflecting on what you believe to be the truth. Mm. And and unless you have people in these positions who are willing to do that, you're going to have this desolate landscape. And all all you're going to get is editorial. And that's mm. what... The, I remember when I was over in North America in 2008, and I, I watched the news, and I couldn't believe it, because it was all editorial. It was just like, this is insane. Mm. And that's what we have here now. We do, pretty much, I'm afraid. I, I do miss Fox News, because, um, of course, that's been taken down now. We can't see Fox News. Um, I always enjoyed Fox News, because it was mental. I mean, that whole thing of the breaking story, which could be anything at all. But um, my favourite thing about Fox News was a friend of mine, lovely industry person, who wanted a visit to Fox News, said that they have a lovely banner uh, in the newsroom which you will never see on camera, of course. And this banner says, if it bleeds, it leads. Wow. Isn't that remarkable? It's about right, though, isn't it? It Let's absolutely be honest, is. If you boil it down. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely. No, as far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't trust any 
anything that came one out thing of to the watch TV for news. so which is really interesting i think mm. it needs looking for in our media now and it is something um, which seems to have begun at Fox News as a way of getting the editorial across. And it's a brilliant little phrase. Some people say... <laughs> some people say this. Well, what you mean is, I want to give you the I, what the studio, what the channel thinks. And I've noticed that happening a little bit recently on... On uh, them good, sources. Uh, good, good Morning Britain has been doing they that. They all a, a do it. Bit. Yeah. They all do it because what they are there for is to drive... is to basically put across the government's position that's all they've done for years and it's very tight in this country you mentioned the libel laws i'm presuming you know what a d notice is oh yes so we have for the benefit of listeners who don't know Mm. we have d notices in this country whereby the government can slap a d notice on any news story and that's it it's squashed Mm. are we allowed to say that we know any and or, or will we get shot if we were to say them on here what, you know of a story that a D-notice is squashed? Mm. Oh, feel free, dear. Well, apparently uh, Boris Johnson got his hairdresser pregnant not too long ago and she's been dispatched to Canada to keep her quiet. Now, this is all over the foreign news, but right. not, not here. Are you going to have to live in Australia and publish a book like, uh, what was his name? Do you remember he used to be on the news in a big black leather fedora? Spycatcher. Do you not remember that book? R- Roger Cook? No, no spy catcher. He was an XMI5 dude and he moved to Australia and published it. Well, I vaguely recall, actually, that we had yeah. a book, we had a book called Spy Catcher. It was late 80s. Hang on, I'll permit myself a quick Google. Have a quick Google. Um, you'll know it as soon as I tell you his name. I, I probably will. And then, of course, once we've done that, we must tell the boys and girls some exciting news about nice things as well. We must. We? Um, we it's must it's a that. memoir written by Peter Wright. Right, well, I don't remember him. Oh. I thought his name was something else, but that was the book, all right. Spycatcher, Peter, right. Yeah, so you're going to have to go and live in Australia now. Well, we can still do the show from out there, can't we? That's fine. Nice out there as well. Tis no fine. snow, though. No neighbours anymore either, though. You can watch reruns. It'll just be the same programme. So exciting news for all listeners. Exciting news for all listeners is this, yes. Um, from this week... You won't yes. have to wait seven days for your weekly uh, batch of nice things to be delivered no, no. because, as of this week, we're going twice a week, aren't we? Twice a week. We're doing that newsreader thing now where we're just talking to camera and not looking at each other. We are, yeah. yes. that's right, Paul. <laughs> I often think that's a neat trick because hmm. they just say, oh, yes, well, uh, you've been on holiday, haven't you? Yes, absolutely. Um, but yes, so uh, you'll be able to catch up with us on uh, Wednesdays and Sundays. Or just save it for Sundays and listen to the lot. Whatever you want. But, whatever uh, you want. Whatever you fancy. But yes, twice so a is, week. Is this the end of this edition then now? We've got three minutes left. Right, so this is the then end of the this. End. This is the first half hour one. This is the first 40 minute. This is the Sunday one. Oh, no, we're going to look crap now if we try and expect. Right, no, okay. we're not. It's all okay. right. They're just used to us. Both are. our so, listeners will not be disappointed. They'll be fine. So, yes, this is the Sunday, isn't it? Hmm. Uh, but- Sunday, and I think that everyone can... I think everyone can agree that this has been an informative and... Uh, educational. Educational. Really? And, and a push. A conversation with integrity. I, I think so, yeah. Yes. I like to think of that. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. Officer, I salute you. Yes. Did you get any nice things this week? Well, if I did, we've not got long to talk about them. Um, no, I... I, I, I didn't. I didn't, actually. 
Um, I haven't had time. I blame you for all of this. I know you do. I, I can only apologise. Yeah. I didn't you intend and that this job? to ever happen. I, know, I never intended this to happen. No, it was all nice. It was. It was. I ruined it. We'll, we'll build back better. We will. What's the Patrick yeah. Troughton co- uh, quote? Something about uh, people spend their time making nice things and then other people come along and spoil them or break them. Or break them. Yes. Break them. Yes, Jamie. Yes. Yes. But uh, yeah, well, it can all be rebuilt. But yes, there we go. So yes. I dig- I've got a nice thing, but I've no time to show it. So you're going to have to wait till Wednesday. Ooh, wait till Wednesday for the nice thing. Right. Well, um, we, we hope you enjoy your next three three days, is it, dear? Three days. Yeah. Three days. Um, and until the next time. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> Presented by Sir Michael Livesley and Lady Paul Carmichael. The music was written by Michael Livesley and the flutes were played by Andy Frizzell and John No Jokes Please Lewis. Nice Things is a Guilty Dog production.